0: Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional.
1: You know, I never thought we'd be divided like this. um bloodshed and horror has come to the Wu household. Um, Frank uh, because he felt for weird reasons unfairly shot with my nerf nemesis, ordered oh. his own oh no nerf How nemesis. Did he get it? He uh, they've started selling them now in the United States. So, Mm. yeah, he plunked down his uh, his money. And uh, unfortunately, now Frank is also armed with the extremely high capacity uh, Nerf assault rifle. And, you know, they say that like a well-armed marriage is a polite marriage. (laughs) But I'm not sure that's really true. I kind of I kind of doubt that adage. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Did he did he tell you that he was getting it, or did he like hide in, like behind a wall somewhere, and then you found out he had? One? It was
1: much closer to the second Georgia. Um,
2: <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been uh, I would have been uh, disappointed if he hadn't. Oh, I God. think
1: the thing that really pushed him over the edge was the other day. Like he was uh, he was in the backyard and. Ah, don't shoot me! Oh my God! No! <laughs> no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Okay, thank you for recording.
3: That's the same sound my dishwasher makes when I try to turn it on now. <laughs>
1: I think what pushed it over the edge was the other day he was in the backyard, and uh, I drove my, you know, Aldi TT, like, into the backyard. <laughs> and
2: then You just, drove it into the backyard? I did,
1: and I just opened fire <laughs> on him. Did you have, like, a Rambo headband? <laughs> no, I was, and Frank's just like what's going on? Why are you driving your car through the backyard? And then I just drive by him. It was great. Uh, and I think that... I, In the backyard? Yeah, I think that oh, pushed him great. over but, the edge. So,
3: but I, I have one important clarifying question, though. Um, yeah? Did the airbags
1: work? Uh, <laughs> well... Oh. A, we don't that's... know. So the car is legal to drive in Massachusetts. Um, but as I was getting – trying to get my locks to work on the car, uh, the airbag light came back on. So I think it will work, but we're not sure. So, yeah, there we go.
3: We want to keep it on the road instead of on the grass just to be, yeah. Just to be safe. Yeah,
1: just to be safe. So
2: <laughs> Oh, that's why you were driving in the backyard. I get it. I get it. I'm here.
1: How are you doing, Micah? Excellent.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: Would you give your uh would you give Shane a, a nerf nemesis? Would you trust him uh, with that
0: power? Heavens, no! Heavens? I wouldn't trust me reacting to it. I I get pretty pissed off whenever things are thrown at me. Oh. so I would get especially pissed off if things were being really? you know blasted yeah. at me. Yeah. yeah,
2: that is something good to know.
0: I absolutely it it just I I feel rage in my very soul when people throw things at me. I have no reason why I don't know I don't know why if it like happened when I was a young kid or something where I I have no idea. But like.
2: It sounds like baseball anger like you were a child playing like baseball and and that's where it happened.
0: It, maybe, maybe because I actually like I had to I was at work one day, um, I had just come out from recording something. Uh, it was m- at my previous job where I anchored stuff on camera. And I came out and I sat down at the desk to get ready to write something or produce a video. And my colleague who I very much like, uh, threw something at me, I think it was just like a piece of popcorn or something. And I had to like have that that moment where you you have to flip off the anger switch. And like, I have to Zen out for a Wait, second here. What, what
1: moment? T- turn what off? What? Well, <laughs> I,
0: I was at work in a professional capacity, Someone, and yeah. the things that I could have mm-hmm. said in that moment would have maybe gotten me in trouble. So instead I, ah. I, I turned on the zen, and then I said very calmly, I absolutely hate it when people throw things at me. Please do not throw anything at me ever again.
2: That's good to know because I could totally see doing that to you. So I'm really happy to know this now.
1: But if you had a Nerf nemesis, that would have never happened in the first place, right? That's, like, my, a fair that's, point. Yeah. That's why you need one, Micah. Like,
2: uh, no one you, call, you call that you know. a
3: knife? This is a knife. Right, exactly. <laughs> that is a good that's point. That's
2: true. That- <laughs>
1: mm. I feel great. I feel very yeah, healthy yeah, this week.
2: You sound it. You well, sound it. Healthy.
1: I gotta tell you, I wish someone had told me the health risks of running for office and kissing babies nonstop. Like that's uh Oh,
3: oh I could have told you that babies are germ are germ like factors. They're, they're little
2: tiny incubators. It's yeah. great. They're little germ incubators. It's true. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah it's like
3: worse than getting kissed by a dog. Like you don't you don't want to get a baby near you. That like all kinds of horrible things that they touch. Oh yeah, so yeah. you don't yeah. like babies or dogs. I, I love- like babies as long as they're related to
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, wait till we find out how you feel about puppies.
0: Well, here's one for you. What is the, how do you feel about burritos laced with uh, pop rocks? What's your opinion on who burritos goes first? Who
2: goes first?
0: Laced with pop rocks. Well, Steve, because he doesn't like babies or dogs, so okay, I'm curious if enough, he likes uh, pop rocks burritos.
2: I,
3: I, I actually I don't know because I've I actually have experience in this area believe it or not because which which Mm. area the Mm. the area of putting pop rocks on food that you shouldn't put pop rocks on oh dear Um, tell us more well because oreo had (laughs) oreo had a limited edition firecracker oreo around fourth of july that had pop rocks mixed into the oreo cream (gasps) and i'm i have an oreo problem Like, I. I do too. Mm. I will try pretty Mm. much any Oreo except for. There was there was the Peeps Oreo that turned your poop pink. I didn't try that one, but other than that,
2: sorry, that's what? an overshare. Sorry, did you just say? No
1: overshare. Well, no, right. I d- it over-share. didn't turn my poop pink because I, I didn't eat I, it. I, uh, yeah, Inquire- yeah, yeah.
2: Inquiring minds, wait, it was an Oreo that would turn. Yeah, they would had
3: dye, and there were people who were complaining they turned their tongues <laughs> pink and other stuff. Yes, yeah, so.
1: I don't like scatological wow. humor. Like okay. Micah doesn't like things thrown at <laughs> him. Scatological a I humor. I don't like
3: scatological Am I am I am I, am I no. contributing to an unsafe workplace right now? Is that what I'm doing? <laughs> the you are
1: yeah yeah <laughs> oh my yeah. god i
2: love that i love i I want Bree to say that again just because that sounded so awesome. <laughs>
1: that's true. I think it's the low. maybe it's because I grew up in the south and like, you know, poop and dick jokes are very popular there. Like it's just – I don't know. It seems very uh, – but, but you yeah. have
2: to say that sentence again because I want to be able to say it at some point in my
1: life. humor. That's what it's called. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love it. OK. I, I, I want to hear someone else that has used that line on Twitter tell us because that is just the I, best I'm, I'm sure
3: ever. someone has. In, in, in any event, so – I I had the Oreos that had Pop Rocks in them, and it was not bad, but it was weird and unsettling. And Ooh, I don't know them. that I would want to do that. It didn't stop me from eating them, um, right? Because, like I course. said, I have a problem. <laughs> but right, right. I I don't I don't know how I feel about cayenne pepper Pop Rocks in my burrito. But I'm have poor enough judgment that I probably try it at least once. Science doesn't stop,
1: Steve. That's my message for you. <laughs> Science and the progress of mankind will march on. It doesn't matter if you like Pop Rocks in your burritos or not. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Right, Mitzi? That's right. <laughs> She's saying <laughs> that's yes. That's right, yeah.
2: It, uh, can, I, can I answer just, my
1: thought just, yet?
0: Yes, yes.
2: Yes, I want them. I want them bad. Tell me how I can't get them. But I really badly want to try this. I love Pop Rocks. Like, love Pop Rocks. You like Um,
3: cayenne pepper flavored Pop Rocks?
2: I would do it. I would do it. I really would. I would probably enjoy it. Georgia lives I'm her sorry, best you life. judge me. That's
1: that's just like how you roll.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, didn't you just you you just like filled out some forms for, or you were studying to be uh, what is it like a, a deep dive? Um, what you tell? I I don't know what it is. Something to do oh, with yeah, diving doing, and saving I'm, lives. I'm
2: doing my rescue diver course.
0: Yeah, rescue diver.
2: Well, yeah.
0: So you can like you can send your hawk into the air to I don't know, give somebody a, a signal while you're rescue diving to save the whales <laughs> and humans that are drowning. It's pretty pretty cool. While you're eating a pop rock, pop burrito. rocks.
2: That you see, that would make that better. I want them and it, you said it was only who, who, Steve. You said it was only California. Yeah, don't,
3: it sounds like from this picture in this in the, this very disturbing picture in this news post that I found, it looks like it, they just kind of hand you a packet of the crystals. So theoretically, some you know enterprising listener in California could just get the high end popping crystals and mail them to you, and then you can put them on your own burrito yes. or poutine or whatever you'd like.
0: Yes.
3: And
2: I just want them. <laughs> I would go like if they had this in like New York. Uh or Vermont, I would drive to go to to get this. This would be enough for me to go to get. <laughs> what? I'm not kidding. So, in case out.
0: anyone is uh, left behind here on what the heck we're talking about, uh, at certain locations in a certain Taco Bell locations in California, along with a burrito which is a dollar twenty nine, you can get for twenty extra cents a packet that is filled with what they call cayenne popping crystals, yes. what well, are essentially pop rocks, yes. but that are flavored like cayenne pepper, uh, and put them on your burrito to have what is called the firecracker burrito. The Spicy uh, seasoning will pop in your mouth because it's uh, designed to do that. And just so you know, you can totally drink a Coca Cola while you enjoy your cayenne popping crystals. It's not going to make your stomach explode. Says you,
2: but just don't do that with Mentos.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't don't do Diet Coke plus cayenne popping crystals plus Mentos and plus a burrito because not only are you going to have a terrible stomach ache, but you might cough up a lung. Uh, filled with diet Coke foam.
1: See, this is the Ooh. problem. Like today I saw uh, like a Kickstarter on Facebook for a bed that will make itself. Like it's got robotic tendrils <gasps> inside of it. Oh, yeah. And like the comforter <gasps> will do that. And like I'm looking oh. at my comforter. And by the way, this is probably an overshare. I probably shouldn't tell you guys this. But Frank and I but fight do? over the cover so much that we actually have two comforters in bed. It's just better wait, for a bed. That's, yeah. that's Just wait. Good just wait
2: just wait. Yeah, that's that's what we have as well. Okay, I have two twin comforters because there is no everyone that has shares one comforter. There's something wrong. Yeah, if you want to save your marriage, <laughs> have we two. have
0: two as I well. Have two.
1: Have to. See, oh, we wow. have two blankets as okay, well.
2: Okay. Here's the weird, we here's go. the
1: overshare part. My comforter okay. is the exact same one that I got my freshman year of college. And oh I my god! Had the thing for that really? long, and it is oh, that like that might be an overshare. It is <laughs> green, and <laughs> it is like it's so thin that I use it like in the summer months because there's wait, nothing. Wait, 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 I have was to pause you. Was it green you. in the beginning? Is
2: it? Sp- that's thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank yeah. You, it was Michael. a green comforter. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah that's not yeah. that's not as bad but okay. it's like
1: more of a lime now Mr <laughs> 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 Forest cream, but yeah. I mean, that, that, that
3: comforter has seen some stuff, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It's all my
0: freshman year. Like, uh, wow. Wait, so, uh, yeah, are you, like, going to freshen it up with cayenne
1: pepper crystals? Like, <laughs> what is the, what is the I, story This is my like, okay, yes. Thank you, Micah, for getting me back on Target. It's a problem wait, yeah. wait Bree. Yeah? You were the
2: one talking about how you don't want, like, fecalicious, like, humor <laughs> or something. Remember? Did you just say the word
1: fecalicious? God, talk talking about blanket, Georgia. I, I... I was raised in a fine Christian home, and I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but this is the problem Delicious. now. Now that I know this technology exists, it's like if I'm drinking coffee, there's no Pop Rocks in there. If I'm like, if I'm eating, like, uh, you know, like a donut, there's no Pop Rocks in there. Like if I if I have sushi, there's no Pop Rocks. I want everything Pop Rocks now.
2: I, lo- I actually have like an unnatural love for Pop Rocks. I really do. I will buy whenever I find them. I'll buy like six packets.
0: They're, I love Pop they're Rocks. They're so fun. I really... they, re- they are. They're a lot of fun. And I... if
2: you hold them between your teeth, it'll shoot out one little tiny piece of, I, like I really, I use this, like I, they'll shoot out one little piece of Pop Rock and it'll like go flying at someone.
3: Why does everything like have to weapon. be a weapon, Georgia? The, it's like a little Nerf nemesis in your mouth.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's actually like very been... accurate because it has a hopper mechanism and it is like balls popping in there before there they like get fed into the hopper
0: yeah living in canada you've been deprived of weaponry or something okay. so you have to make weaponry out of pop rocks uh. i
2: i think I, I i was teased too often um bullied too often as a child really i guess
1: <laughs> if you had a nerf nemesis that would solve that that's
2: true yeah. that's true yeah I so, bet like what? your
1: patients would give you less BS if like <laughs> you just were in there for therapy, and they're like, "And yeah, I just uh, yeah doing everything right, Georgia. No problems here." And then your eyes could just slowly gaze over to the Nerf Nemesis. I bet that would just keep your therapy sessions right on track.
2: I don't think anyone would be late.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: You're
2: two so, minutes late. That's hey, hang on, hang on. Four. Stop
1: the
3: show because I've just found an article on 12 ways to cook with pop rocks <gasps> and you Sorry. can apparently okay. make pop rocks popcorn an exploding <gasps> cake brownies cupcakes um can chocolate pop rock, rock rice crispy treats
2: oh send me. I, I,
3: i'm putting it i'm putting it in the robot for you so you no, know no, what no, can
2: you send it to me because i the, okay yeah I'll, grab
3: it. I'll, have I'll, put it, I'll put it the pop- in the other robot, too, for you, just because I like you, Georgia.
0: Thank you. But- have you ever had any of the popsicles with um, Pop Rocks in them? That was always my favorite as a kid. No,
2: I've had them with the gummy worms, like the little gummy bugs. Uh-huh. But I have not had them with Pop Rocks. Oh, there we go. Damn. I have it. I'm saving it. I'm sending it to myself because <laughs> that's what I do. I have a, I have a te- set of – I'm probably the only one that does this because I'm so sad. So I have a text – like I text myself all kinds of articles that I like so I, do I can that. keep –
1: yeah, I do that all the time, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Same. I'm not the only one. So yeah, there, there, there's, this,
3: there's this app called Instapaper that you might be interested in, Georgia. It's nah, a newcomer on, nah. the, scenes, nope, on nope. the scene.
1: On the scene. We were all living with our internal shame about our separate <laughs> comforters and texting <laughs> things to ourselves. Messaging ourselves. And now I feel right, really, right. really normal. This is this We're is all crazy. Airing it out, yeah.
2: This is making me feel better. This show is just normalizing all of the things that I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, oh, there I am.
0: Oh, thank you, me. Let's I'm all share our most embarrassing like- thing and it will reveal that actually we aren't exactly alike <laughs> and we'll all feel bad for sharing it.
1: Do you guys sometimes like when you're in public and people are near you and you just aren't in a mood to talk to someone, do you just like pretend to be on your iPhone every once in a while just so you can walk by them and just oh. like, like nod? I put yeah. my
2: earbuds in. Yep. And that is the ultimate. Um, people will leave you alone because yep. they think that you're listening. Yeah, to yeah, just
3: yeah. Earbuds. That's like my standard operating procedure. Like I, I just
2: keep- you don't even have to have it hooked
0: into anything. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely turn on, like, uh, internal tunnel vision, and I will, like... So so there have been situations where people have been, like, saying my name and are trying to get my attention, and I just won't hear them at all, because I... Micah? Some Micah? Some people, you Micah? know, Micah? like, they, they think Micah? they hear their name, and they turn their head, and they're like, Did you just say my name? I do the opposite. I think I hear my name, and then I convince myself, No, you did not just hear your name. And I just keep moving on. <laughs> and I can remember one time I was walking uh, away from work to the parking lot. Um, and as I was walking for, he said, it was it had to have been like four or five minutes. Um, one of my colleagues was jogging beside me trying to get my <laughs> attention. He wasn't uh-huh. saying anything. He was just like walking, you know, jogging right to the left of me. But I did not see him because I just turned on the tunnel vision. And I just keep going. So when I'm in stores, I've had people be like, how did you, why didn't you wave at me? I saw you the other day in the store. I'm like, oh, I swear I don't see anybody. I just assume that the person that I think is somebody isn't and just keep on my merry way. So I guess I should just put and some headphones and then it'll look uh it'll seem less rude.
2: That's it. Love it. If you see Micah and he doesn't reply to you, you know why.
3: <laughs> and if they do try to talk to you, just hand them a packet of pop rocks and walk away.
2: <laughs> I'm not getting no, sorry, that's like prime. No, you don't get the pop. You have to be someone I really care about to give like a packet of pop rocks yeah. to. I was with my kids and I'm like i'll love them more than you guys will
3: but just think about how confused they would be if you just handed them a packet of pop rocks and went and walked away by the time they figured out what was happening you'd already be gone you'd be like batman you'd just be out of there
2: (laughs) okay what flavor of pop rocks do you guys like
1: watermelon lime cherry the more sour the better
2: (laughs) wow i like like grape
1: grape ew so much judgment
2: watermelon lime is too bitter I like cherry. I'll do cherry,
1: too. No, 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 no. Do
0: they have blue raspberry? I'm sure they do. They have blue raspberry raspberry everything. I don't really care for blue raspberry, but I feel like blue raspberry pop rocks would be kind of good.
2: I went to a restaurant where they had uh, the final dessert was a fudge, little fudge popsicle with pop rocks all around it. And it was... um, So you have had a popsicle with pop rocks. It was a chocolate candy. It was like a lollipop looking thing. Interesting.
0: I can tell we all are really not wanting to talk about the next topic. So <laughs> it's like let's just keep talking about pop rocks.
3: This this is a long time honored isometric slash disruption uh, uh, tradition of when there's a really. Uh, downer topic that we know we need to talk about, but we don't. We end up spending about twenty to thirty minutes talking about the most absurd thing possible, and then continuing to talk about it until we can't talk about it it's anymore. Thera-
2: it's therapeutic, yeah. though, because it it like it, it lowers that like level of pain, right? Like you carry this heaviness around with you, and discussing it unfortunately can often increase that feeling of of heaviness and despair. <laughs> Despair. Um, so yeah, levity is is nice, and I don't think like
1: yeah, yeah. So
2: we could just we could just talk
1: about like our favorite puppies. Like I'm just gonna <laughs> put that out there. We could.
2: I'm okay with puppies. Yeah.
1: No, let's we, let's leap right into it. Let's
3: yeah, let's it. just let's uh, just yeah. pull so, the bandaid off. So if,
2: um
1: so.
0: Charlottesville, uh, is going to be voting soon on removing, uh, or is going to be removing, uh, some stat, a statue, uh, uh, that is, that is meant to celebrate the Confederacy that is, you know, erected in celebration of the Confederacy, Robert E. Lee, and, when people said that they needed to get rid of that, they needed to relocate that statue, um, people came in what was called a Unite the Right movement that ended up being a neo-Nazi march on Charlottesville that was white supremacists, Nazis, um, coming into Charlottesville with weapons, with Nazi symbols, with everything, everything that could possibly be terrible, uh, and marching on, on this, this town. And there were counter protests that were taking place and things got violent very quickly. Um, there, there's lots of criticism that the police in Charlottesville, uh, did not do their job in protecting individuals. Uh, and unfortunately someone who was there to counter-protest the KKK and the Nazis was murdered when someone drove their car through a group of counter-protesters since that day. There has been uh, a lot of things that that have come from both sides. We have uh, thousands of people marching in Charlottesville to stand up uh, against racism and violence. There was a beautiful candlelight vigil that took place. Um, And many people, something that I like, I I think we'll include in the show notes and something that uh, you may find educational and important to watch is a report done by Vice uh, about the actual protest that took place, because I think that the, the march rather that took place, because I think that it shows a very clear picture of what this group is, of what the Nazi and KKK group is, and what they were there to do, despite what many would have you believe after. Uh, the one other thing that I'll say, and there's, there's so much to cover here. There's so much that happened that uh, I'm not going to be covering it all in this summary right here, but we'll talk about it. Uh, the one the other thing that I want to say, though, is that President Trump had very little to say right after this took place. Uh, at three days later, he came out to finally condemn uh, the white nationalists. The he, of course, used certain words so that you know we didn't have to to touch on the fact that they were Nazis. And then after that, he chose to walk back those statements with another press release saying that there was violence on quote many sides unquote. So this is just, uh, a big shite show and it's just absolutely, it's, it's, it's horrible. Um, but yeah, let's, let's chat.
1: Um, God, I mean, it's really been, I mean, I can only speak as like a white person, but you know, we are, it's, we've talked in the show before about like sexism debt in the the tech industry. And how it's like we ignored this problem for so long that it's really become a nearly impossible mess to clean up. And it feels like we're at that point and much worse with racism in this country because it's not just involving somebody having a job. Um, you know, it's like actually threatening violence. And it's – it. It's just absolutely horrible. Like they're about to have this same kind of, um, you know, event in Boston this weekend, you know, and I'm going to be there protesting um, just because like we've got to stand up for this. And, you know, something we've said on the show so many times is, you know, white supremacy is ultimately a, a white behavior problem. Yeah, you know, this is on us to fix. It costs us so much less to, you know, confront, you know, people with these extreme attitudes than it does, uh, you know, black people. And, you know, this is something, you know, all white people benefit from structural racism. We do. I benefit from it. Georgia, you do. Like, we, we all benefit from it. And, yeah, you know, this is really a point where Trump has unleashed something very, very powerful. You know, something that really strikes me about this story is in Mississippi growing up, uh, you know, the Ku Klux Klan would rally all the time there. It was fairly routine. Um, and the reason they would wear hoods is because they didn't want to get fired. What is so terrifying to me about this uh, event is you've got an entire generation of new white supremacists that don't feel any need to wear hoods because that's what Trump mm-hmm. has um, legitimized. And it's terrifying.
2: What, what has happened by him not um, adamantly and strongly condemning the actions that this happens, uh, that this is wrong, is that he has said, because the way that people decide what behaviors are okay or not, is that he has ended up saying that it's okay with me. And he's the president. Now, if he was just some person, it's not the same. He is the president, the president of the whole country, not just the people he wants to be the president of. He's the president of everyone. And it it creates, it emboldens, and it empowers people to think that this is okay. And then when people sanction, oh, he, you know, he was, he kind of, you know, stood up against it. When he, when someone ad-libs from a a spoken speech, the ad-lib is where you can tell that the person really means this. And he ad-libbed the, you know, uh, many sides part. Yeah, That there are bad people on many sides. We have gone to war to fight Nazis and we have fought really hard to diminish the thought that some people are worth more than others or people do not belong here. And the other thing that really bothers me is that argument of moral equivalence that, um, that because, you know, both sides are equal on, on the, the ends of an argument. And this is days after someone was murdered. Days, days after, and I'm not saying that um, there's good and bad people on everything. We can all go too far sometimes. I hear that. But someone died. You cannot say ultimate, that both the sides. The ultimate
0: patriot who was fighting Nazis died. Yep. This person was literally and, protesting Nazis and in the United States. And days
2: after that happened, someone felt, uh, Trump felt that it was okay to say that, you know, well, there, there's there's good and bad people on both sides here. Both sides are to blame for this. And that is so infuriating. It's, it's, one is it's false. And that again, emboldens one side and they, they, everyone stood up to say, you know what? You know, that's great. You know what? He doesn't think it's that bad. Yeah. He doesn't actually think it's that bad. All of the people that spoke out from uh, David Duke to others was like, yeah, you see, he doesn't, he doesn't stand up against us.
0: Uh, The other other thing that I want to touch on, um, and and then I I want to hear from Steve, because this is exactly what this is about. Um, I think that there has been a lot of attention paid uh, to the the white supremacy aspect of this and its effects on on anyone who is not white uh, in this country, and in that, sometimes the the conversation gets lost in terms of the way that it affects our Jewish brothers and sisters, the way that it affects uh, our fellow uh, Jewish friends. And that is, you know, an important conversation that needs to take place as well. And, you know, we cannot forget them in this, because we are dealing with Nazis. And once again, the... Uh, and that's
2: a low ball. Like that's a low ball to say. Well, how do you feel about this about Nazis? Like it's a really right. low ball throw, too. Really, right? Like, really? Like, isn't that something that like we can all agree on here? Or at least let's say like ninety nine point whatever. If you're about. a
3: decent person, then yes.
2: And his daughter and and oh. son in law are are orthodox.
3: I, you know what, Georgia? I never, I never, I, and and this is not directed at you. I literally never want to hear anybody say that ever again. I don't care. I I am I'm I'm at a point where if I hear one more time about his Jewish grandchildren, I'm going to lose it. Because
2: Be- he- But doesn't that show how far he could not care? Yes. At all exactly. About standing up for anything.
3: No, he for doesn't. Anything. He doesn't he doesn't care. And, and and the way that we got to this point and I've I've we've talked More than I would like about anti-Semitism on this show, not because it's not important to talk about, but because these things keep happening. And the problem is that we have treated these people like 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 a joke. For a long time. And Mm -hmm. the way that you know that this is the case is that Mm -hmm. Heather Heyer had to die. And I want to make sure that we're saying her name by the way, because we haven't yet.
2: Yeah.
3: Heather Heyer had to die in order for things to happen like the Daily Stormer losing their, their domain registry and for CloudFront right. Cloudflare to Cloudflare to drop them as a client. For Discord to shut down a bunch of servers that were related to the alt-right. For a a number of other tech companies to finally say, hey, maybe we need to take these guys seriously and stop giving them a platform. But literally, Heather Heyer had to die for this to happen because nobody was taking them seriously before. Not when they were hacking into printers on on campuses and printing out propaganda. Not when the Holocaust Memorial in Boston was getting vandalized. Not when a, a whole community of Jews in Whitefish, Montana was getting terrorized for weeks because they thought that they were uh, keeping Richard Spencer's mother from being able to practice real estate. Nothing. And and now that it's actually somebody that, that Heather Heyer lost her life to these monsters, now they're finally doing it. And what I'm afraid of, first of all, the only reason that they even started doing this is because Amy Siskind mm-hmm. sent a tweet to GoDaddy saying, hey, this, the Daily Stormer is hosted on your site and they're posting this horrible article about this woman who was killed who was murdered sorry and maybe you don't want to be hosting them but you know what because right now they're doing this and they're getting headlines because everybody's mm-hmm. doing it and it's safe for them to do it and i don't i yeah, that's true. i am i'm i'm glad that it's happening don't get me wrong but i'm also angry that it had to go this far and i'm distrustful that it will go any further than this because Right now, it's trendy to do it, and they're getting good press, so they're doing mm. it. Are they going to do it when the next site pops up? I don't know. That's what I, that's what I worry about. And and, right. I'm, I, and I worry because the other thing that I worry about, and, and I'm sorry that I'm going to go on a rant, but it, I've had this bottled up for like a week. Mm. The, the story of the synagogue in Charlottesville is, quite frankly, terrifying. So if you don't know, if you don't know anything about Judaism, typically the Sabbath is on a Saturday and, and that's when a lot of more observant Jews will go to synagogue, usually in the morning for a couple of hours. Um, usually Saturday morning, it, it usually that's out about noon. So there was, the, and I'm I'm just going to read this because I think that, you know, you, you do, I I want people to hear this, honestly, and, and it's, it's hard to listen to. And, and I, I will warn you that, but I think it's important to listen to, um, On Saturday morning, I stood outside our synagogue with the armed security guard we hired after the police department refused to provide us with an officer during morning service during morning services. Forty congregants were inside. Here's what I witnessed during that time. For half an hour, three men dressed in fatigues and armed with semi-automatic rifles stood across the street from the temple. Had they tried to enter, I don't know what I could have done to stop them, but I couldn't take my eyes off them either. Perhaps the presence of our armed guard deterred them. Perhaps their presence was just a coincidence and I'm paranoid. I don't know. Several times, parades of Nazis passed by our building, shouting, there's the synagogue, followed by chants of Sieg Heil and other anti-Semitic language. Some carried flags with swastikas and other Nazi symbols. A guy in a white polo shirt walked by the synagogue a few times, arousing suspicion. Was he casing the building or trying to build up courage to commit a crime? We didn't know. Later, I noticed that the man accused in the automobile terror attack wore the same polo shirt as the man who kept walking by our synagogue. Apparently, it's the uniform of a white supremacist group. Even now, that gives me a chill. When services ended, my heart broke as I advised congregants that it would be safer to leave the temple through the back entrance rather than through the front and to please go in groups. This is 2017 in the United States of America. Later that day, I arrived on the scene shortly after the car plowed into the peaceful protesters. It was a horrific and bloody scene. Soon we learned that Nazi websites had posted a call to burn our synagogue. I sat with one of our rabbis and wondered whether we should go back to the temple to protect the building. What could I do if I were there? Fortunately, it was just talk, but we had already deemed such an attack within the realm of possibilities, taking the precautionary step of removing our Torahs, including a Holocaust scroll, from the premises. Again, this is America in 2017. And, and I will tell you, as a Jew who drops my kids off at Hebrew school every Sunday, and who is going to go to High Holiday services in a month, which is the the one, pretty much the one day a year where every, I not I don't want to say every Jew, but most Jews who will go to services, that's the one day they're going to go, and and there's a huge collection of Jews in a single place. I'm scared out of my mind. I really am, and and I'm I'm hope to God that nothing happens. But I'm terrified that something's going to happen. And I shouldn't have to have this kind of worry about just going to go to go to religious services for like three hours. But this is what it is like right now to be Jewish in this country, because uh, this has been allowed by not just our president, but also by all the companies that are allowing that that could have taken these steps a long time ago and decided now that they can to to allow this to go this far and and i I don't know what to do, but i've not I've been increasingly scared as a Jew in this country and I am like downright terrified right now
0: I'll be honest with you uh, I mean as is the case for everyone, I think that this is this has been a, a really tough week um, I expected based on you know, things that have happened in the past and, and the way that uh, th- the world is, to, to be handling it, um, I guess, I don't know what the word is because it's not better or worse. It's just a matter of it has been a lot harder on me without me realizing it, I think, yeah. uh, than I realized because I, on two separate occasions, just... Out of the blue while reading and watching um, live video and 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 uh, these articles that are coming out just completely broke down um, and the 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 vice video again, I will never advocate that uh, a person who you know experiences these types of things. I won't advocate that anybody should have to watch anything, but really anyone who experiences these types of things and, and just daily does uh, needs to watch it. I don't know exactly why I ended up watching it, but for me, I just felt like it was the right thing. So again, if it's not something that you think you can watch, don't watch it. But I thought I could watch it and it got to the part where they're showing the, the, the car hitting the group of people and, the the aftermath and uh, a young woman of color is walking away and i in that moment she she's walking away and she uh just so she she goes from just you know just being there to suddenly realizing what just happened and she just breaks down and she screams we just got hit by a fucking car and that's that's the stuff that's going on right now. There are people that are that emboldened right now in the United States to be able to do these kinds of things. And, and it's, it's not just those big things. It's the small things too. There was uh, another video where a man was filming a group of white supremacists pushing back against the police, pushing back against their shields. I want to tell you, I want to tell you that I genuinely live in fear in in the Midwest, that getting pulled over and pulling my ID out of my pocket might get me shot, might get me shot. And there, just because my skin is slightly darker there's just automatic mistrust with so many people and the people who live in that fear because that's what it is let's not be you know let's not not uh, let this fly this is people who are the, the the biggest level of cowards that you could ever experience these people are so afraid uh, of of losing their position of privilege in the country, and also just afraid of quote other that they mistrust and they 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 can't they can't deal with with anyone else, and so it, it's so bad that they think that someone who just looks a little bit different from them uh, needs to be removed from the world. And so uh, you know, plenty of people have said so much on this, and my single experience is not going to be the same as everyone else's. But I just hope that people out there who like if I can have my dear white people moment, uh, that's what this is right now. <laughs> yeah. um, dear white people, please understand that when people of color who you happen to be friends with, when people in marginalized groups that you happen to be friends with tell you it, it's something that they're experiencing, believe them, please yes. for the love of God, believe them. And just because you haven't seen it, And you don't think it exists does not mean that it doesn't exist because you just you you absolutely cannot understand because it's as much the small things that only one person experiences that others don't. I'm not going to lie to you today when I opened the door for the delivery for my Jimmy John's uh, sandwich, there was a moment where I thought. I hope that this person you know is is not someone who would be who would be against me just because of the color of my skin and and that's not a fear that I live with every single day. That's not something that you know I'm actively, constantly thinking about. And for some people, it is. But like I, I, I genuinely do try to to see good in people. And so this this recent event just has me, and I know so many so many others on edge. Where you're wondering now that these people are so much more emboldened, and they know that the president isn't going to talk them uh, out of uh, that, that. The president isn't going to condemn them. There, there's so much. There's so much power in that and the ability to just say whatever the heck they want and not get in trouble for it. And and that's, that's, what's terrifying to me.
3: It's, it's the fact that people are willing to go out with in public wearing Mm -hmm. swastikas and flying Nazi flags that I can't even imagine like two years ago. Right, like, you know, like you know, we we talked you know. about we talked about the Boston Holocaust Memorial. It it was put up in I believe 1995, and it was it, it was never had any issue until June of this year when it had someone threw a rock through it, and then it happened again this weekend, twice in two months. And it's like it it I'm I'm losing words, and the fact that it. It, this shouldn't be hard to call this kind of behavior out. It's, you know, for a group of people to actively just hate and want to cause harm to another group of people is something that should not be excusable in this country. It shouldn't be excusable anywhere. But, and it's that the the Holocaust and World War Two is so far in the rear view that it's, it's it, it people have lost sight of what this meant. And I mean, if you read stories of what happened in the Holocaust, it's not something that you would joke about ever. I mean, this is what goes all the way goes all the way back to this that PC Master Race conversation that we had <coughs> early in the days of Isometric, where the the one of the game manufacturers had like a PC Master Race bundle. And, and I I was not happy and I ended up I was actually interested in the game and I ended up not buying it. But it's like it's those types of things that you just kind of let that go a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and all of a sudden you have people flying swastikas in the United States of America in 2017. And
1: can yeah, sorry,
3: go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. No, I,
1: I was just gonna say, you know, what Trump has unleashed here is he's made this white resentment part of he's really unleashed it and has justified it and his entire presidency is based on like white grievance. And if you're a woman having Mm -hmm. trouble in tech, there's an entire political movement to tell you you're crazy, you're dumb, and you're, you're just making it up for attention. And if you're like, um, you know, transgender person in the United States, like there's a ton of people out to tell you they're the victim that, you know, the transgender person might want to live and exist in the United States. And you've got gamer culture, Steve, that you have people that genuinely feel like they're being put upon if you're like hey you know that kind of joke you're passing around it's kind of like making fun of the holocaust which is not really a joke and they feel resentful if you ask like them to think about other people's feelings or like if get another tv show comes out that doesn't have any black people in it like you've got an entire movement of people there lined up there to feel resentment if there's any kind of effort to You know, include people. So I'm telling you, as someone that grew up in the Deep South, I'm very familiar with this kind of resentment. And I'm telling you, it is as big a force and is as organized and is as threatening. And now it's turning as violent as it can be in this country. And every day I read the news. And I I genuinely wonder what the point is in the United States where we're going to have it like, you know, people, like you see footage of Egypt and the destabilized governments there because, like, the forces, you know, the two sides are so disparate. And I really don't know where we go from here. Like, we've got to back away from the brink. But I do know we can't compromise with these people. When Mm neo-Nazis are out there, you know, I would much rather be developing video games right now. I would much rather be working on my book deal this weekend. But I've got to go out to Boston Common because we can't sit on the sidelines while these sons of bitches are trying to, like, take our country back before the Civil War. And it's uncomfortable, but, like, we have to draw the line. And I just, one more thing here. Steve, you're talking about gamer culture. I am so damned sick of, like, You'll be on Twitter and some Nazi frog will come along and they've like whipped up the like Nazi emblem to say Kakistan, Like it's a hilarious joke or they'll like modify like the opening to Street Fighter 2 with the white person punching a black person and say take that N word like laughing at it like we're so far past Nazism and white supremacy and sexism and treating it like it's a damn joke. Like we, Steve, at least you and I are coming at this as gamers and gamer like as a culture for the last 30 years, our message has been nothing matters and, uh, you know, if you care, you're stupid. Like those are the two premises of our culture. And now you see that these young millennial men that are like born under that culture and they're out there marching at Nazi rallies and they aren't even able to understand it and like this is a fundamental breakdown of our culture like we've effed up somewhere along the way
3: yeah i I mean this is like when you have nazis people waving the nazi flag in your country something went very wrong somewhere like obviously and it's i i don't I don't know where we go from here either, but I, I hope that we, I mean, the one thing that I do know to kind of take this back is that I know that most, most, I, I still, I believe that most people are fundamentally good and fundamentally reject this. And, and I look at like the candle, that. well, I, I, I mean, I, I want to believe, and maybe, maybe I'm naive. I don't know. It's possible, Right. I, I want to believe that the candlelight vigils that I'm seeing the days after are more representative of people's better angels than what we saw this weekend. Maybe I'm wrong. I could very well be wrong. I don't know, and, and that's been kind of the thing that's been gnawing at my gut since the election. But so, oh so I'm no, sorry, no, go 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 yeah, ahead, go ahead, yeah,
0: go ahead. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Um, I do think. I do think that there are a, a lot of a lot of good people out there, but I think a lot of good people tend to think that being a good person is enough. enough yeah. And yep. I have to say that right now, and I think like Steve, I know you're not saying that this isn't the case, but I think right now um too many people are comfortable in just considering that enough. Yeah. And Again, you know, this is a matter of saying uh, that that it it just cannot be enough right now. You have to actively, because as Bree mentioned earlier, there are positions of privilege. And as people keep pointing out, there are positions of privilege that you have that you can leverage in situations to help make this stuff stop. And I've seen a lot of people talking about how... You know, th- this is the responsibility uh, when it comes to white supremacy and it comes to the KKK. This is the responsibility of white people more than anyone else yeah. to yeah. make this not a thing anymore. And so, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're f- there are lots of good people that we know on the internet and in real life, and they it, it just can't, that, that can't be the end of it. And I, I just hope. That we see more and more and more and more and more of those candles (laughs) light up in the crowd at the candlelight vigils. That we see more people, I mean. That it's it's more people not just saying, well, I'm not racist, so that's all I have to do. Because that's not where it stops. Or I'm not anti-Semitic, so that's all I have to do. Because that's not where it stops. Our ancestors had to fight for their fracking lives and stand up what they believed in, and that's what it's going to take today.
1: I disagree with you there, Micah. And I think it's just the fundamental, like, the one difference between our personalities. I don't have any faith that there's ever going to be a boiled ocean moment where, like, angels are going to come down from mm. heaven and people are going to understand that. I fundamentally reject that. Like, if you want to be a hero for this stuff, how about the next time somebody black, like, turns to you and says – you know, um, what you just said made me a little bit uncomfortable. That happened to me on, today on Twitter. And maybe because your your gut instinct is like, oh, I'm an ally because A, B, and C. How could you say that to me? Let's make this all about me. How about that's how you be a hero. And the whole reason we're losing this argument is because, like, in our mind, it really – Like, we imagine the bad guys as, like, Nazis with, like, Lugers, like, in tanks taking over Europe. This demon lives inside all of us. Mm -hmm. There is – I grew up in Mississippi. It took me a long time to, like, start thinking through all the racist stuff I was taught there. And then, you know, once you get past the, like, basic, like, who do I vote for stuff to, like, understand how white supremacy, like, works – like. This has been my whole life, like, thinking through these issues. And I I came to say today at 40, I've got it. I'm still learning stuff. So we need to, like, stop thinking of ourselves as, like, heroes and finished and, like, the good guys at some point. This stuff is everywhere. And we all fail at this all the time. And I just – I think, like, these ideas where people are kind to each other magically, I just – I think it does more harm because it, like, perpetuates the stereotype. Something uh, I really want to say here, like pragmatic ways to like push back on this, like, you know, a big discussion we had this week and we may disagree on this, but like there was a Twitter account that came out and like found these white supremacist faces and like announced their names. And I had a lot of press outlets call me and say, what do you think about this? I have been 100% against doxing for people on the right. I've given tons of interviews about it. I've taken a lot of heat because some people don't want to hear that. But I think in this case, if someone's in a public demonstration with their, you know, not wearing a mask, they are out there in a public space. And I think publishing their name and the people they're associated with is utterly fair. And I do think we've got to start Really doing what you were talking about at the beginning of the show, Steve, start making consequences so, like, we don't house this stuff on Discord or GoDaddy. Like, they need to just be thrown out of polite society. They need to be fired from jobs. We need to, like, take a stand and say, I'm not going to work with people like this. We've got to call this crap out when we see it. And it's utterly white people's jobs and non-Jews jobs to like educate ourselves on the relevant issue to hear criticism when it applies to us and hold ourselves to high standards. That's the only way we solve this. Yeah. And,
3: and the one thing that I'll, I'll add to that, that Twitter account is that, I mean, if you were at a March for puppies, right? Like you were at a March for puppies and puppies are cute. And somebody took your picture and said, hey, this person was at the March for Puppies. Would you have a problem with that? You wouldn't because most people love puppies, right? And it's not controversial to love puppies. The fact that just that you're the fact that you were at this rally, you know, has consequences. It needs to like Mm -hmm. it's you know, it could have been that, you know, there was a picture taken and your picture got in the paper because you ended up. You know, you ended up on the on the front page of the of the paper in Charlottesville or whatever. And then was if you were proud of the fact that you were there and you weren't worried about how other people were going to perceive of you, then you wouldn't have a problem. Like the fact that their names are having consequences, I think I think it needs to. I mean, I don't it's different than saying this is this person. Go, go, go assault them with death threats. There's a difference between that and saying, like, this person is not who you thought they were. And, yeah. you know, if you 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 need to know that, like, if I was working with somebody who was at that rally or is at that rally this weekend, that would affect how I would behave towards them in yeah. self-defense. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that, you know, these people are a danger to others, it, it, you know. Attacking mm-hmm. them isn't going to do anything ultimately, but yeah. it, knowing that there are that, – that society does not accept that and, and that needs to be consistent across the board for this behavior to stop. Ultimately. You
1: you can't reason with them and make them get, to, I know you got to talk Georgia, uh, but you can't no, reason with them and get them to a point where they're going to agree with you. Like, oh, you know, you're right. I guess I am kind of a Nazi. I was wrong. That's not going to freaking happen. You've got to draw a line and social consequences are the only thing that they understand. I would tell you guys something. I get emails. I got one last week after this happened from a GamerGator that was like a three-page deep apology for what he had done to me and other women during GamerGate. It was because, like... Years of, like, feeling like he was a social outcast finally got the message through that this was unacceptable. That's all you can do with these people. It's not a debate. This isn't a fun, like, what's better, ice cream or cake? Like, this is do we believe everyone has access to society or not? like this is this is like, are we going to allow violence to marginalized groups? And there's just no gray area
2: here. Well, you know what i I actually think that there is more that we can do than than just have. and I agree that you know, you know, socially um, letting people know that that is not acceptable. I think that that's good. I don't think it's enough. like I'll be honest, I really don't think that goes far enough. and I know. That this goes against the American um, thoughts on freedom of speech, but really, freedom of speech should end when you are propagating hate against another group, hate and violence against another group should and it's be supposed illegal. To. It should be illegal, and I'm you know I I understand that America has a different way about it, but I when you say that you are going to try to kill, maim, threaten, terrorize another group that should be a crime. We have anti-hate speech laws in Canada where you still have the freedom to be able to... um, It grants everyone the freedom like to have your own religion, thoughts, beliefs, opinions, and expressions until which those statements are made in a public place to incite hate, hate against another identifying group where the incitement is likely to lead to a breach of peace. And then you can go to prison because then it's not just, oh, you might lose your job or people are going to say, ooh, that was a bad man. This is you have actual consequences. There is no way that we will stop behavior. You have a rule. You have set a boundary and there is no consequence. You have set no boundary, period. You say, I don't want you to step across this line. And then when someone steps across that line, it is please don't step across that line again. It means nothing. You have to have an actual identifiable consequence that will affect the other person more than you or nothing matters. Words hurt and people get emboldened by words to do harm. Sticks and stones don't break my blah, 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 blah. No, words do harm. And not only do they harm, but they allow other people to form groups to then try to terrorize other people, and it is not okay. So, yeah, I know that this goes against the basic definition of what the U.S. has as freedom of speech, but freedom of speech is fine, but it should not step upon anyone else's freedom to exist and feel safe. I
1: I would, I would say this, Georgia, like... Um because i'm running for congress this year i'm not going to endorse what you just said but i would say this it seems to me that many other countries in the world like all of us struggle with this like this is the human condition like what is like protected speech versus you know like protecting marginalized groups like you can read like you know shakespeare wrote plays where this is a theme right we're always going to be struggling with this other countries have made different choices on this subject than like you can say in everything and it's a free-for-all and you know like i've never heard i've never personally had any german like come to me and say like i feel like i can't discuss politics i've never had a canadian like say that to me so i just want to say like I really appreciate what you said there, Georgia, by reminding us that this particular attitude we have here is a very American one because it's it's not how everyone else does it, and I just think that's a helpful perspective.
3: I mean, I, and I'll i just say what I said on Twitter this week, which is that if exercising your freedom of speech requires me exercising my freedom of religion to require a security plan, then your speech mm-hmm. is wrong and it needs to be stopped.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so speaking of Twitter, um, this this was the, the point that I wanted to ask you about, Georgia, because I kind of got down in the dumps thinking about this uh, earlier, because there's this Really wonderful uh, Twitter thread that talks about how and I'll send the the link to Steve so I can get into the show notes. But it talks about uh, it says, imagine if these people ever faced actual oppression and it shows (laughs) the the tiki torch wielding Nazis. And it goes on to talk. Right. It was really good because it talks about all of the things that um, right now in the United States is is for 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 marginalized groups what's actually happening to them and is not happening to these white people that are marching it with their tiki torches now um i i shared that on twitter of course because i really thought it was absolutely on point and was like a very good good thing and i felt you know having just felt so terrible i felt a sense of of release uh and up moment in sharing that because it was like, yeah, this is so awesome. And I want more people to read it. But as I've been kind of going throughout the the past week and this week, thinking about how when I share something, when I share something on Twitter, it's going to a group of people who think Mm -hmm. the way that I do. They're following Mm -hmm. me because they think the way that I do, or if they're following me and they don't think the way that I do, then they probably unfollow me. Now, there are some people on the fringes who might, you know, oh, I put up with what he's saying because I want to know in the latest podcast, whatever it happens to be. Maybe they like the way my chihuahuas look or whatever. I don't know. But my point is, for the most part, I am not reaching anyone on the fringes that, 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 that you know, absolutely oppose my ideology by sharing something on Twitter. However, I know because I, I you know, still when I'm sharing these things, when I see other people share them, I get this up moment, this, this, this feeling of relief and release, and also a, a, a tiny bit of a feeling of accomplishment and so Georgia, my question for you is do you know is there some sort of psychological thing here where maybe people do because they get a a sense of reward out of doing this, do they, maybe people think that they're doing a lot more than they actually are because they choose to share their opinions on places where they see those likes come through. They see those retweets come through. They see those replies come through with yes and, you know, gifs of, of happiness and excitement and all those things where, Oh, you know, I've done something. I've changed something because honestly, I'm not changing. By sharing it on Twitter, I'm not. I like. I'm sorry, Steve, that you have to believe that. I'm sorry, but like, I I just, I've had this realization, and it's super depressing to me. But at the same time, I think that maybe it's important that others consider that as well, uh, because. I know that my, the people that follow me, like it's pretty much an echo chamber. It's, it's people that all think like me. So what does that change? But at the same time, I get to feel good about doing it. So is, is, do you think there's like a psychological thing there where we end up going, ah, I feel good. I've done something today.
2: I, I, um, I actually don't think that it's nothing. I don't, I don't think that it's a nothing at all. Think about the inverse and that's the best way to take a look at does this actually make a difference? Think if you went on Twitter and uh, Charlottesville happened, and you hear nothing about it from your people, your tribe, and no one says anything. And now, how do you feel? So, there is a certain amount of impetus and um, activism that does happen in sharing ideas, and that's why um, in Canada there's such strong anti-hate laws, because it can do that on the opposite side as well. You can have a differing opinion. But you should not use that to willingly try to terrorize another group. Like saying we should all be part of the pie is, is not something that is hateful. And that shouldn't be something that any group feels upset about. Except for those that people's, their own privilege is shown through their lack of empathy for other people's struggles. And then not wanting them to share a part of their uh, benefit. And so it is something in that it lets other people know that it's okay to speak out. It lets people know that they are not alone. It lets people know that I feel your pain. Um, I, I think that it's it's not going to change um, someone that is uh, has a strong belief in, um, you know, you know, uh, a neo-Nazi or something else. It's not going to share. But it wouldn't if you did reach them anyways. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be. And there will be some moderates in your Twitter that will see this and they might be, you know what, I should be more upset or I should make sure that I send support and care for the people that are actually around me. And if someone comes into my store, maybe then I will say something because I've seen your tweet. So I don't think that it is nothing. I think that, in a lot of ways, we need to do more. But I think that the doing more is not just in um, publicly shaming and calling out people that are on the other side. I think that that is not enough either. I, I like again. I guess I'm, I'm the most radical on this episode. But um, <laughs> I kind I, of adore I do. It.
1: I do think, from a policy perspective, you know, this cannot be said often enough that one of the very first things that Trump did with the Sessions Justice Department was he ordered him to stop looking into uh, white supremacist hate groups and domestic terrorists like that. And that is a freaking fact. It's been reported by just about every major newspaper in the world. And, you know, for me, my first thought when I read that was, okay, great. These people that send me endless death threats, like, You know, Obama didn't do anything and now nothing's going to be done. But, like, Georgia, where I would strongly, strongly, strongly agree with you is we've got to, like, We've got to designate parts of the FBI to look into these extremist groups, to look at where they are threatening violence, to look at where they are harming individuals. And we've got to bring the absolute fullest measure of the American justice system to those people. And we've got to be so much more, like, proactive in, like, stopping this kind of of, of violence towards other people. And the thing is, even to this day, you can go on Reddit and, like, go to the Gamergate, like, subreddit. And there's stuff, even today, that is really, really scary for the people that they're targeting. And there's no one that's looking at this. And from Mm -hmm. a policy perspective, we've got to, like, get leaders in there. They're going to do something. And, Micah, something... I, I just want to say on um, your point, I agree with Georgia. It's not nothing. You know, no one's ever criticized the right for only talking to themselves. I think they've been very, very effective at that. But the thing that the you know, because it, think about it psychologically, they frame the issue. They explain the way that you should see this issue and it spreads like a virus. Like if you've lived in the South, you know, there are a lot of people that genuinely equate like, you know, corporate um, like responsibility towards the planet and the people that work there with like individual freedom. That's just the way that they see that issue because that's how it's framed. So I think there's value there. I do think that the left is really bad about scolding each other. And not going out and voting or donating money or doing the stuff that really, really matters. So I don't think it's nothing, but I don't think it's enough. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Brie, can I – like? and you maybe you can yeah. answer this yeah. question uh, yeah. because of your position right now. But, like, really, even if they look into it, there's no laws that they're breaking until someone's actually gotten hurt. And isn't that, like, damn well too late? That's at, It's just not true.
1: Uh, one of my really good friends is Danielle Citron. She wrote a book called Hate Crimes in Cyberspace. Uh, and many of the doxing tactics are absolutely illegal. It was a law written back in the 90s, but something I want to do – Georgia, is like, update that law. I want to get really serious and look at how, you know, doxing of many different groups, everything, I mean, you've seen these kind of harassment tactics used against Christians, too. Um, You know, we need a new set of laws that looks at the way, you know, the cyberbullying happens online. I had a fascinating discussion last weekend with a woman whose uh, daughter was cyberbullied until she committed suicide. If you're talking about minors, I'm sorry. I think that, like, You know the school. If they're not going to step in in that case, I think there's criminal liability there, or at very least civil liability. So I think we've, you know, I do think that we can update these laws, but they also exist to a certain extent. They're just not enforced. Um,
0: So Georgia, I want to just quickly reply to something that you said earlier because yeah, I it's kind of getting so down in the dumps about the relative. what I, what I saw, what I saw is, you know, relative inaction or, or uh, effectiveness. It's not very effective, uh, on, on Twitter. You do have a point there. Um, by see you know, when I was having the, the couple breakdowns that I had this week, um, it was often the case that going and seeing, you know, the, the, my tribe, like you said, uh, they're supporting me and uh, by me, I mean, just me as a, as a human being and who I am, uh, was good. And it was, you know, energizing in times when, uh, there was no energy to be had. So you, that's something that I hadn't considered cause I was too busy sort of kind of looking at the negative aspect of that. So I do, um, appreciate you touching on that. And there's one last thing because I know we're going to get, uh, messages if we don't touch on it. Um, there was one person earlier this week who absolutely had nothing to do, was not at, was not near the rally and- And the, you know, the internet taking to trying to identify these people uh, said that it was this person and they ended up getting – they had to hide at their friend's house and they were, they were a professor and they had absolutely nothing to do with it. And so I think that there is a sense of responsibility that we should take, uh, cause, cause we can't just, you know, go willy nilly, especially whenever we're talking about this, this, this type of person. So, uh, I absolutely agree that these people should be named and shamed in this sense because they were there publicly, but let's make sure that we get the right people publicly. Yeah, um, that's fair. And, that's fair. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so, uh, yeah, we, we, as, as we're kind of, uh, wrapping up here need to move on. Do we want to do questions today or do we want to wrap up the show? Shall we
2: just do like puppies? Can we do puppies? I like the puppies idea, like a quick best puppy thing, something just because I could use. All right. All right. Oh, got I want adrenaline. to hear
1: what the best kind <laughs> of puppy is. And I want to hear everyone, like, give their opinion. So I, I will Steve, start you this have discussion. to make
2: sure it's a live puppy. Yeah. Okay, Steve? Yeah. I'm just warning you. You have
1: to advocate for some kind of puppy. So I feel very strongly that Havanese are the best smaller dogs that are out there. I've had a Cocker Spaniel. I've had multiple Bichons. Um, we got a Havanese after, uh, you know, Crash died suddenly because the thought of, like, looking at a Bichon made both Frank and I just want to cry and like this is this real, really weird breed i'd never heard of them before but um like this is my favorite kind of puppy like they're very small they have very long hair it's very silky and i personally feel the very important part of the dog experience is the tactile feedback of the dog as like you're petting and playing with them. Like you want that soft, big furry coat. And like when it's a short haired breed dog, it's just rough. It's like a, you're petting Sonic the hedgehog. I just don't like that. So yes, I feel very strongly after having owned many different, uh, you know, models of dogs and you know, trying different operating systems. I feel very confident that I can say the Havanese is the best puppy a around i
2: think you're so, wrong i think okay. you're wrong brie yeah. you're wrong yeah yeah
1: okay. i
2: think and i'm i'm kind of like with you because mine is a havanese is like a type of bichon right like yeah so well they're terriers yeah th- mine is actually a uh bichon shih tzu oh um breed they call them like the teddy bear dogs yeah. uh just because they uh look like uh muppets and uh, maybe not the brightest of dogs. That's fine. <laughs> uh, she might, when someone comes knocking at the door, she may bark the wrong way. Uh, when someone's uh, just knocking on a desk, she may bark because she thinks someone's at the door. That is true. But uh, loving, affectionate, easy to train, yep. uh, tiny, easy uh, to carry around with you. So mine is uh, Bichon um, Shih Tzu Shih um, mm-hmm bee shits whatever shits boo whatever you want to call it right. I, I think I just swore No,
1: no, no. these are very <laughs> similar breed up. dogs though like these are like know, it, it's That's like
2: it's, it's funny, like I, I have I have
1: like uh, I don't know like a Apple MacBook with like uh, a 15 inch screen and a 2.7 gigahertz processor and you've got the one with 2.9 and we're arguing about which one is better because they're so similar like in an intelligence and long hair and the ability to house Break them easily. Uh, I can't say though. Bichons are terrible. The Bichon Frise—that's a terrible breed. Dog. Never buy one. I've had four, and they're just bad dogs. You so. <laughs> four? four. You didn't learn by number three. You'd really think I would have. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing, Georgia. You, know, you just
3: take them back to the Genius Bar and you swap
1: them out. No, for, no, no. You know, we non, stay the model. course. You stay the course with the dog. If you get a dog, you <laughs> keep that dog. So
2: okay, I'm just gonna guess. I don't know. Micah, like I'm, I'm really thrown for what you're gonna choose as the uh, best puppy to get.
0: Okay, so uh, maybe I misunderstand the argument here. Um, Yeah. If we're talking about grown dogs, then I sort of think that's a pointless argument to have because I'm never not going to say that my dogs are the best dogs ever and no one's ever going to convince me of anything else. Um, so if we're talking about adult dogs, then obviously my two dogs are the best, and I'm pretty sure everybody would say that their two dogs are the best. No, but if we're talking mine about, are like, the a, a worst.
1: Puppy, mine are very bad dogs. So. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> if, if we're talking about puppies, though, yeah. I think that the um, – there's a King Charles Cocker Spaniel mixed with a poodle, and it makes this beautiful little golden brown, uh, also sort of looks like a teddy bear whenever it's a puppy. And it's, uh, Brie, you talked about the tactile nature of the dog. So soft, so sweet, and so cute. And one of my friends had one of these dogs. And I remember when little Marge was a puppy, and she was just the cutest little, I mean, she genuinely looks oh. just like uh, a brown teddy bear. Oh, they called Cavapoos. so cute. They are yeah, cute looking. Cab-a-poo. um, So that is the one that I would have to say in terms uh, of puppy. hear you on that. That is a cute so dog. So okay. cute.
1: But I feel strongly that like the dog's looks. So Rocket is by far our ugliest dog. Like she, is, no, she is. I don't so, think so. She is so. I think
2: so, Rocket is so cute. Look, you think that because she we looks photograph a bit her. a like-
1: Yeah, we're very careful how we photograph her. So she's, like, really strangely long and has a really weirdly small head. Like, she's just, like, she's a weird-looking dog. But it's, like, all the other stuff about her. Like, she's ridiculously energetic and, like, she will just leap on your face and like Like, it's all, it's, like... Is a dog, like, do they get along well with others? Are they eager to please? Do they need their own space? Like, I think all those characteristics are so much more important than, like, just how the dog looks because you're going to love the dog no matter what, you know?
0: Exactly. That, yes, no matter what, you're going to love the dog. Okay, Steve,
3: what is the least threatening
0: puppy to you? Doug, Doug from
3: Up is my favorite dog, and that, that, will, <laughs> I don't that, know that is as close as
0: you're going to get.
1: I don't Come know this. On. What is this? Yes.
3: Yeah,
1: that, the, the, no, the
0: Pixar movie up. No, yes.
1: that's a CG dog. Give me a real right. dog. If I came to your house and put a Nerf Nemesis up to your head and said, buy a dog, Steve, like what breed would you get and what would I, your reasoning be
3: behind? Whichever one was slowest and least interested in me, and that would – it. It's not even you see, this is the so thing, right? Like, ball, well, basically. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, when when dogs make you anxious, you don't get you don't get warm fuzzies from having dogs running around your house and running around you. So it's like I I can't f- pick a dog that I would would give me warm fuzzies because they all pretty much have the same effect on me.
1: I'm going so. to call Serenity up I'm going to like, hey, Serenity, can I uh, can dog sit your uh, pit bulls and then oh, just to take them over to your house, Steve? <laughs> oh. We need to get do.
2: like, yeah. Um, yeah, we need to get a, a basset hound and it'll just sit there the that's entire true. time and never move. Yeah. See, yeah. that's the
3: kind of dog, like like the dog who's less interested in me than I'm interested in them, like that we can <laughs> kind of have a have, have like an understanding, like that's fine, right? But- <laughs> Yeah. You'd like
1: That's Splat. Hilarious. You would like my dog Splat. My dog Splat is so traumatized for having been you know, like raised in this horrific puppy mill situation that we love him and care for him as best as we can, but he's still scared to death of humans and always will be. So like if you just look at Splat, he runs <laughs> into the other room. So that would be the ideal dog for you, Steve. Basically, where yeah. You just put down food and water and then you leave and the dog will like slowly come over to the, the dog bowl. Look,
3: Great. you don't like me and I don't like you, but as long as we stay in our opposite <laughs> corners, we're going to get along just fine.
1: That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm always I'm always confused by people that have big dogs. Like they are smarter and that's nice and they don't like try to start fights with other dogs because like a big dog has nothing to prove. But the poop is so gigantic. Hey, <laughs> no logical humor. Them, I know, but <laughs> it's like ew. Like you see somebody that's out walking a giant dog. It's like – Ugh. there's a pile of feces yeah, the size right, of a human sitting so right. and it's to... like oh my goodness no
2: That is true Yep
0: <sighs> All right I think it's time I... to get out of here Yeah <laughs> Um, if you'd like to get in touch, we will hopefully be able to answer your questions next time. You can call us at 508 418 3532, or you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM with the hashtag disrupt me. You can also send us a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. As always, please let us know if we can use your name on the show, otherwise, we will default to anonymous. If you're looking for the show notes, you can find them in the app that you're listening to this in right now, or go to relay.fm slash disruption. If you were looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter, or you can go to Chihuahua.coffee. Steve, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you?
3: Um, you can hear me talking about Hearthstone while I'm driving home at uh, Off Curve, which you can find at offcurve.com, or you can
0: uh, follow me on Twitter at good Excellent. Bree, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you?
1: See me at the uh, neo-Nazi protest rally uh, in Boston Common this weekend. Seriously, if you're a Bostonian... It's going to be beautiful. I think the last count I saw, uh, 10 times more people are showing up for the protest rally <laughs> than the uh, the actual rally itself uh, for neo-Nazis here in Boston. The, they're calling it a quote-unquote free speech rally and just really ah. promise they, – they promise they're not white supremacists. So you know we can all believe them on that. Um,
0: Maybe they'll make a collage of all of their black friends. Yeah,
1: they could do that, Micah. I'll ask them if I talk to them. Um, you can also find me on the Twitter machine at space cat go
0: and last but certainly not least georgia if we're all experiencing anxiety this week where can we go to get some help and where can we find you online
2: uh if you're dealing with anxiety you can check out anxiety-videos.com and you can check me out on twitter it's georgia underscore now
0: excellent uh all right all that's left is for steve to say that thing he says every week so steve take it away go 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 hug your dog go (laughs) bye